We are continuing our, our series uh, going this year. To, we're talking about getting closer to God, uh, getting closer to each other. Um, Glenn talked a little bit about that, uh, that, that this is a time for that, that uh, especially our time together, this is, uh, this is a time really to do all of those things, that they're connected, they're not separate things, getting closer to God and getting closer to each other. And uh, this first month we're opening up with a series talking about the basics of a relationship with God. It's a phrase that's used a lot. And, and as we mentioned, kind of when we opened up this, this month, uh, it's a phrase sometimes that becomes overused to the point where it, it doesn't really have a definition. And we're trying to put some, some things to, uh, to that phrase. What does it mean to have a relationship with God? What basic ideas? Now, before we get going uh, today, uh, if you are in tune with... I mean, most of us are, I think, uh, with anybody in the public eye, anybody who's a public person. I don't care if you're, you really like politics. That's your deal. Uh, then, then you've observed people in the public eye. If you really like sports, I really like sports. Okay, then, then you've seen somebody in the public eye. You're really in tune with celebrities. Uh, some of you are like, really into uh, all these YouTube channels, and, and I watched this person, and you've watched somebody in the public eye for a long time, you're going to notice something, is that when people shove a microphone in somebody's face for too long, they're going to say something stupid. Right? Uh, and what happens next is interesting. They, first of all, the, the first reaction to that is nothing. They try to get away with it. All right, that's the first thing. Let me see if I can get away with this statement that came out of my mouth and just kind of fell there. And, um, and, and, and that obviously very seldom works. So the next thing that happens is they start to do what we call walking it back. But they don't just all of a sudden say, you know, that was a stupid thing I said. What they do is they walk it back a little bit. Let, I'm going to walk it back and see if that's okay with everybody. Then, and then like a day or two later, it's like, I'm going to walk it like a little bit more. Okay. Until we get to a point where everybody's happy that I've come back. And then it stops. So again, I'm not going to go all the way back and say, no. Um, so I say that to say that I'm going to walk back a statement that I made at the beginning. Uh, however, there's a slight difference. I'm not going to walk it all the way back. Uh, but I intended, uh, when I made the statement, I knew I was going to walk it back a little bit. The statement I made... Uh, was that when people talk about a relationship with God, what they, th- th- there's an oversimplification that happens. A lot of times, the, the oversimplification of a relationship, and you remember me saying that, well, a relationship is defined this way. I, God talks to me when I read the Bible, and, and I talk to God when I pray. Now, those are accurate statements, and we're going to talk about those. So, I, I, don't want, I didn't want to leave you with the idea that those things are not true. Um, that's why I say I'm walking it back a little bit. And, and I didn't want you to think that we weren't going to talk about those things. Those are elements of the relationship, just not, it's not the exclusive nature of a relationship. There's, there's weeks and weeks, we could do this, uh, we could do a decade of sermons on this topic. Right? We're, we're just going to do a year specifically dedicated to this theme. Uh, <clears throat> the premise is that uh, 
we want to know the basics of relationship. And whenever somebody talks about a relationship, if you Google uh, how to have a good relationship, you're going to come up with one word. Again, I, 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 I beg of you, because it's so cold outside, to, to justify my numb fingers by looking at the sign when you drive in, making me feel better. You're going you're gonna, to... Here we go. Someone did it. Thank you. I feel validated now. Communication is the, the, one of the most important things of any relationship we can have. And so we want to explore communication just a little bit. We want to talk about how God speaks to us. And, and there are three types of dialogue God has with us. And, and one of those is the one that we, that we know of. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this. All scripture, all, the whole thing is inspired. It's breathed out uh, by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. We're not going to spend a lot of time here. This verse kind of covers it all. Now, there's a lot of verses about the verses, if we wanted to do that. But it's the one that we're most, I think, we're most familiar with. It covers the, the moral requirements of us. It, it covers so much that that is expected of a, of a Christian, of, of a person who wants to have a relationship with God. This is the, the guidelines for how that is achieved. It's the most significant form of communication God has ever had with mankind. It's not the only one, but it's the most significant. He says... You can be complete. Now, we're going to come back to this idea because we, we need to... There are three different types of communication and, and therefore different things. Right? So I have different voices with my kids. You have different voices when you're trying to communicate. In fact, you have different kinds of yells. Right? I have different kinds of yells. One is, you know... You're doing something you're not supposed to. That's a yell. They recognize that tone of voice. But, but there would be a different kind of yell that would be you're in danger of something. That would be a completely different yell. And, and we recognize this. We have different forms of communication. And, and, and they, they communicate a different thing. We instantly recognize those. God has three different types of communication. And, and they're for different purposes. And they, they don't do the same thing. And it's, it's important for us to know what those lines of communication are so that we know how to respond to God the right way and get closer to God through these. So, so the first one is inspiration. But the second one, uh, and, and this is where God, by the way, speaks to my mind. He says, I'm, I'm communicating a thought, and I want your mind to process this information so that you know it's, it's profitable for teaching and for doctrine and instruction, and like this is a text. This is like this is a textbook. So, so we're going to move on from that because God has a different non-textbook form of edu of educating us on something, talking to us. Romans eight fourteen fifteen. He says, "For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God." 
You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We talk about being led by the Spirit. And that's a phrase that gets thrown, much, much like the idea of, of having a relationship with God. It's, it's, it's one of those phrases that gets thrown a lot, around a lot, and, and it has a lot of different interpretations and meanings. And it's used a lot of times for things that are not scriptural. It's used to communicate something that God never intended. God already has a voice to tell us information. He already has that. That's this thing right here. He says, this is the information one. Being led by the Spirit is not the informing process. He's our, that's a different voice. God says, i got a different voice. You're led by the Spirit. He gives us an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. He says, yeah, I've put my Spirit in you. And, and it's, it's leading you. It's a different voice. It's doing something. God didn't give me the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like, yeah, so I'm going to be here, and I'm just going to kind of kick back. I'm going to eat popcorn and watch movies. The Holy Spirit's in me for a reason. But he's not there to inform me. That's a different voice. That's, that's this voice. What is he there to do? Well, he's there to do something. He's there to communicate something. Uh, uh, before we get to that, I want to look at this. This kind of confirms the point. He says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a covering for evil, but living as servants of God. Now, what does this verse have to do with anything? When people use the phrase, led by the Spirit, or the will of God, they use these phrases. They, they mean well, I think, a lot of times. But there's this idea that we want everything about my life to be divinely ordered. I want every step, I want to feel that every step has been foreordained and is divinely the thing that I'm supposed to do today. For my, this is the will of God for me today. And I, and I like that. This is, okay, I, I took a step and God wanted me to take that particular step. And, and we want that. And, it, and there's this idea that that's what it means to be led by the Spirit. It's, it's like, uh, like my day... Like, like God has a secret mission. And, and I've got to open up the cereal box and get out the secret decoder ring to figure out what my day's will is for today. And, and, and that goes into this being led by the Spirit. And, and what is today's? Let's see. And, and so we go through my day, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see. I had a good thing happen to me today, so two clicks to the right. Uh, and then I had this good feeling, so three clicks to the left. Ah, this is what God wants me to do today. And, and, and that idea is saying God is speaking to me and informing me through the Spirit. God already has an informing voice. It's right here. I'm not, God doesn't have two voices to do the same thing. He has a Holy Spirit that's in me to do something different. He's leading me, yes. But how is He leading me? Well, let's talk about that. He says, 
Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants. This is the apostles. This is the very beginning of the book of Acts. They're being beaten. They just barely started preaching. This is the very, very beginning of the church. You know, when you start something, we a pause here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish here. When you start something and you get all excited about it, and a, and a day later it doesn't go the way you thought, you get very discouraged. They were all excited about the beginning of the church. And this is, what, this is the back story. They're all excited about the beginning of the church. And like two days later, they're getting beaten. That didn't turn out like I thought. And so the, these are the apostles. These are, these are the guys that have been with Jesus for three years, almost four years. They've watched them. They've, they've done everything. And they're excited. They've watched them come back from the dead. They're excited. Certainly, everyone will want to hear this story. And so they, hey, guess what? This is great news. And they get beaten for it. I don't, I don't like this story. So that's, that goes into this. So now they go and they pray. They're like, huh, what do we do? So he, so he says, Lord, look upon their threats. These are, this is their prayer. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. And verse, a couple of verses later, it says, And when they prayed, the place where they gathered was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. The Spirit in me is not to give me new information. It's there to motivate me. To do the things that I know that God has told me. Because they, did they know that they needed to speak with the word of Yes. They knew that. Guess what? Sometimes the message up here doesn't reach down here. And it has sometimes even a harder problem getting to here and here. And God says, the Holy Spirit in you to lead those feet and to open the mouth, and to do the things that I know I'm supposed to do. That's when I need that other voice. That other voice that's in me to motivate me. To get me to do... Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Oh, that's Romans 1, 19 and 20. Excuse me. It says, For what can be known about God is plain to them. Let's... I apparently didn't put that verse in there. That's all right. What can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. This is the third, the third way God speaks to us. It's called natural revelation. God works through my eyes. He communicates things to me from what he's made. We talked about this in, in our class this morning. Talking about the, the eternity of God and all of the amazing things that we can see that, that God communicates how unlimited he is. Whether he's eternal or whether he's almighty. God is communicating through what he makes. Again, we don't need to to do a lot of conversation on this because we're pretty aware of things. 
But this information is kind of general. I'm not going to learn specific information. I'm not going to, God's not going to, I'm not going to look at nature really and, and go and conclude things that I'm supposed to do. Now, I want to, there's one caveat, one little way I want to alter that. <clears throat> because in Romans chapter, the very next chapter, he says this, he says, when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. God did create an element of us so that we would be able to understand at least some basic ideas of things that we're supposed to do before we had one of these. Right? So, so God put some of those really fundamental things so that we could figure that out through observation. We can observe certain things and go, that's probably not something you should do. Let's back up to the, to the spirit in me topic. <clears throat> we had... When you have one child, you have some problems. When you have two, they multiply exponentially, right? <clears throat> and so, um, when we had a boy and a girl, especially, there's a lot of differences. And we got into the age where the younger one was finally old enough that the older one could do things to the person and... You know, they could have conflicts. And when they're still young, they're cute and all that. But then they come to the conflict age. And so the older one said, well, you know, I'm going to do this thing and that's going to really, whatever, annoy or whatever the case may be. I'm going to hit whatever. A myriad of things can go wrong when you have two kids. And so I used to take the older one, and I said, now, right before, right before you did that, did you hear a voice in your head that said, don't do that? You know what he said? Yeah. I heard that voice. He said, listen to that voice. It's trying to keep you from spanking. That's what that voice is there to do. Listen to that voice. And this is that idea. This is that spirit leading us. He already knew certain things were not supposed to be done. He wasn't getting new information. He needed the motivation. And all these three voices work together. When, when all these three voices, when, when we're, we're observing that, yes, there is a God out there that means something, and I'm... I'm, I'm reading things that I'm understanding and then I'm letting myself be motivated. All these voices are ways that God is trying to pull me closer and prevent me from getting spankings. That, that's really the, the essence of what this is. So what I want to do is I, I want to really briefly... Look at how God listens. Because God doesn't just talk. God listens. It says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And now, who is there to harm you 
if you are zealous for what is good. And a lot of people here immediately conclude that if God is listening to me, then I must be accurate. That's not what this says. There's a difference between me being right and my heart being right. God is interested in my heart being right in order as a prerequisite for listening to me. What do I mean by that? Well, Romans 8, 26 and 27 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, sometimes I'm inaccurate when I pray. I'm misguided, my assumptions, a lot of things that I'm thinking up here are inaccurate. God doesn't need me to be accurate to listen to my prayer. He needs me to have a genuine heart. And the Spirit listens to the genuine heart and goes, this is what he really means. And, and, and let's work with them here. That's how God listens. It's ironic, I think, when you pour your heart out to somebody. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. You pour your heart out to someone and they give you advice. And what's your response? You get upset, right? But when we pour our heart out to God, we get really upset if he doesn't come back with a response. And God just says, no, I'm just listening. God's a good listener. I can understand even what you cannot put into words. I'm listening. I know your thoughts better than than you know them yourself. So what we want to do here as we kind of wrap up is go back through really fast. And I want to develop our dialogue. The the two-way communication. First of all, we begin kind of where the apostles were at in boldness. He says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And again, this is that, that concept of prayer. It's, it's, it's a part of the relationship. But some people are intimidated to come before God. And it betrays this feeling of distance, of separation between us. Prayer is not an inconvenience to God. Oh, I don't want to bother you, God. I know you've got a lot of things on your plate. No, he doesn't. He's infinite. We talked about this in class. He's infinite. There is nothing that limits God. God is simultaneously capable of hearing the prayers of 7 billion people. And not bat an eyelash. He is so capable. You are not an inconvenience. You're really not that powerful to inconvenience God with your prayer. So get close to Him. Be bold. And honesty. I'm going to say something. Maybe it's going to have 
We'll see how, how you react to it. Job used the word complaint five times in nine speeches. He complained to God. Here's one. Today my complaint is bitter. Ooh, you don't want to be going there with God. My hand is heavy on account of my groaning. And, and, and there are multiple statements like this. David, the first thing we think of, I think, the first thing we think of is, I know how the story ends, and and you don't want to be doing that, because the story ends kind of, or right before the end, I suppose, it, it, God has some words with Job. Don't be complaining. Well, there's another guy that used the word complaint five times. It's David. He says, a prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint. Before the Lord, hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. And, and the end of the story in terms of how God responds to David is, is completely different. He says, this is a man after my own heart. What, a guy who complains? No. So I want to highlight, just really briefly, I want to highlight the difference between them. You know that both of them actually even blamed God for their problems? Both of them. And again, David not... David gets a different reaction from God. As for me, my com- is my complaint before me? This is Job. Is my complaint against man? No, why should I be impatient? He's, he's blaming God for his problems. And this is what David says in Psalms. When people gather together in kingdoms to worship the Lord. And this is, he's begun this chapter talking about his complaint, by the way. And so he says, he has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. He's blaming God. For health problems. And again, David doesn't get the same reaction at the end that, that Job does. And we're going to look at why. Job approaches the conclusion of it differently. This is what Job says. Oh, that I knew where I could find him. I would come to his seat. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with argument. This is where Job took a turn. God doesn't mind honesty. He just, this is not the kind of boldness that he's saying to come before God with. That's a different kind of boldness. Now let's look at how David approached it. He says, a psalm of David. Oh Lord, I call upon you. Give ear to my voice. He's saying... Pay attention, listen to me. He's, he's honest and open to come before God. But he says, let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And the lifting up my hands as an evening sacrifice, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Shut my mouth, God, before I say something that I'm going to have to walk back. <laughs> Keep watch over the door of my lips. See, completely different attitude. God doesn't mind your honesty. God does not mind you saying, I'm having a really bad day, God. And kind of part of me feels it's something you're doing. God does not mind that. Just at the end of it, kind of approach it like David. But I know, I know who you are and have that reservation that sets a door over your mouth before you say something 
that goes too far. That's the difference between Job and David. And so as we get ready to close here, I want to listen with your eyes. You ever tried that one? Learning how to listen. Learning how to be motivated to do what we should do. We, we, uh, I think we kind of get the idea that we're supposed to be in here. That, that's not something I, I think that we need to be challenged to do. I know that. What I need is the motivation. That's, that's the problem. Um, learning how to listen with what I see. The things around me. And in that, to let that voice that's in me go, you should probably do this. Remember that? Yeah, I know that. I was in uh, the very first year that I was in Ukraine. I knew no Russian at all. No Russian at all. And, and uh, we had a really small kitchen and a really small refrigerator. So that meant that I went to the store every day. For something that we needed. And um, it's cold. It was winter. And I was going to the store. And, and I was going to come back. And I'm on the way. And, and um, there's this guy. He, his name was Sasha. And he, uh, he was drunk. And he was playing uh, Hotel California. Crazy. Uh, he played better drunk than I could play <laughs> uh, sober. And... It was, I almost walked by him, and the voice, the voice said, stop. I don't think it was like the divine step and decoder ring, but it's something I knew I should do. Here is a person, obviously in need. My brain can process that. But sometimes my brain knows the thing. I can justify all the types of things. It's cold out. My family needs some food that for the preparation of the meal here in like a half an hour, I can, I can process all these things. Oh yeah, and I don't know Russian. Turns out he knew a little English. So we kind of had a neat conversation. Every once in a while he still gets a hold of me on Facebook. <clears throat> listen. I just listen with my eyes. right? With my heart. Do the various things... Here's another thing to do. God spoke through creation. Try to do this. This is what Lamentations, in Lamentations, Jeremiah writes this. He says, the steadfast love of the the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. God has an unlimited ways that he will reveal himself to you through what you see. So I say, listen with your eyes. We have a photographer nodding her head. You see things and you just observe amazing things. And every, try it. Try to do this. Try, try to come up with a new characteristic. I observed this today of God. I deserve this mercy. I observed his creativity. I observed his power. I observed whatever it is. 
Observe something of God and let yourself get closer to God each day. And I'm telling you, that will help your ability to listen the next time you hear the little voice. 